Welcome to Getting Intimate with CX, brought to you by Brandhook and distributed through the CMO magazine. As someone who worked in London during the original dot-com boom, every day you would open up the, the newspaper and there would be another three guys who'd go and you know make their millions in a startup. But their sole reason for doing it was to make money. And I think that's not the reason that you do it. Hi, I'm Pip Stocks, and I'm your host for Getting Intimate with CX, an 11-part series about what makes a great customer experience and how brands in Australia are getting intimate to do that. So my guest for this episode is Stan Johnson, who's the Creative Director at MYOB and has been for the last three years. Uh, Previous to this, Stan has worked as a Creative Director in many ad agencies and has been described as a genius in communication. Hi, Stan. Yeah, hello. I didn't describe myself like that. Listeners, uh, somebody else must have done that. They did. I have no idea who. Uh, It's on your LinkedIn. I'll tell you in a minute. So... uh, there is nothing sexier than a great creative director, Stan. Yeah, I don't. I really, I've never. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, obviously. No one's ever said that to you before. No, obviously this is, you know, this would say I have a great face for radio these days, probably when I was younger. But it's interesting because, you know, the way that people see the job as a creative director, like what do they actually do? And are we, yeah. and then, uh, so um, last year I was going to Christchurch for work and I landed at the airport and I did as we now do. I put my two feet on the little feet on the carpet and stared at the camera. But the bad UX of the experience said to look at the camera, but it had a picture of a camera. So I looked at the picture rather than the camera. And of course, <laughs> uh, it didn't work. So I had to go off and see the man with my passport. And he opened my passport and he took one look at it and he says, oh, your occupation's crab director. What do you do? And no one had ever asked that question before. Yeah. I was kind of like, oh yeah, um, I just and so I just said to him, I help make ideas happen. Uh, to which, of course, he responded, "Well, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like fun." Stamped and sent me on my way. <laughs> but that really is, uh, I guess, what I do. Yeah. You know, I kind of like most creative directors. You come out of the creative department where you're about your ideas, but yeah. then as you kind of take on the role, you're about spotting ideas that other people can't see seeing good ideas and helping to make them great and then convincing people to kind of actually make them. Yeah. Anyone can have an idea, they're free, but actually making them is where the real creativity lies. I would say that also about consumer insight work. Like people tell you loads of stuff and there's like, oh, you know, there's loads of information that's coming out. But the great strategists I find are able to see in that moment where that nugget is that you can then develop a great positioning mm. or a great strategy or a great statement that can then go into your team that can then develop that into an amazing idea. Yeah, as someone who kind of grew up in the direct marketing world, uh, Lester Wonderman, uh, you know, the founder of Wonderman Agency, I think he's still with us today at about 92, mm. but he said many, many years ago that people see data as an expense, but knowledge is an absolute bargain. And I think, for, you know, this kind of, it's a thing that stood with me forever because that's where a lot of the great strategy stuff comes from. You can put all that insight and all that knowledge in, into a bucket, but unless someone can actually find something useful to do with it, yeah, it's worthless. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of that is also, for me, anchored in intuition as, as well. Sometimes you just, you look at it all and you can say that is all interesting information, but instinctively this is the place we need to mm. play. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, job done. Okay. <laughs> um, tell me quickly before we move into our same seven questions mm-hmm. that we've asked everybody, um, why did you move client side? 
Um, I'd seen, well, oh, it's kind of, I don't have a definitive answer, but I think, you know, I've worked at agencies in London and Melbourne. I was an early kind of adopter of kind of digital. I was on what they would call the information superhighway. Uh, I worked in a little kind of pioneering digital group at J. Walter Thompson. Uh, we had email before anybody else in the building, so it was quite some time ago. And we were pitching ideas to clients, but they were ahead of their time, and they always were. We pitched an idea to learn uh, f- to Ford of, uh, through a driving game, learning how to get your driver's license mm. rather than reading the book. It was going to cost Ford $20,000, and they said, no, nah, it's too much money, and no one's going to kind of buy that internet stuff. I fast forward 20 years later, and my daughter, who recently got her license, I asked her, you know, had she been doing her studies of her thing? And she's like, well, no, it's all on an app now, Dad. That's how you do it. All right. And so, you know, and, and so always being kind of in front of everything. And so I guess I've achieved pretty much everything that I could do. I've been a European creative director. I was part of a startup of an agency. I kind of taught advertising at RMIT during a sabbatical year. I was just looking for what is the one thing I haven't done? And then this opportunity at MYAB came knocking on my door and it was the chance to kind of embed myself in a tech business, Mm. uh, which I thought was really interesting because I had a friend who'd gone off and worked at Google and knew somebody else who'd gone to Facebook and what's MYAB may not be Google or Facebook. It sits in that same area, which Mm. is where uh, technology drive stuff. Mm. So that's primarily the main reason. And I think also I have, you know, we, we have an internal agency group here at, at MYAB and I don't think anybody in Australia has ever done that really well. Mm. And so I wanted to kind of see if I could make that happen as well, bring in and attract the sort of talent that generally wouldn't come client side mm. to build great work for the business. Yeah, brilliant. You know, it sounds like, and having had a tour of the office, it does look very exciting. Mm. Okay, let's start. Um, first question. When was the last time you had a great customer experience and who was it with? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll talk about what I think is, is to me one of the great customer experiences of today, which is going to the Apple store. I know everybody will go, oh, Apple, Apple, Apple. But I'm not talking about Apple the products. I'm talking about Apple the store and the customer experience. We would go to the Southland one because that's the closest to where we live you go there, generally I get an appointment at four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and you walk in there, and it's just a sea of people. It's just chaos everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, why did we book it at this time? We're gonna be late, we're never gonna get served, it's a nightmare. And within that chaos are a group of young, and they are generally very young people, wearing their blue or orange or green branded T-shirts, and their concierge type service is better than a five-star hotel. They are calm, they are never flustered, and nothing is too much trouble for them. Um, the last time I was there, my Apple TV remote control had stopped working. I'd gone in and I'd bought a new remote control for $30. I'd gone home and it still didn't work. I tried to pair it with my phone, it wouldn't work. So I assumed that there was something wrong with my Apple TV. I then make an appointment and I take the Apple TV back. Oh and explain to the guys it's had a problem and they're, you know, they run the numbers and they're like, look, your Apple TV is like nearly two years old and it only has a one-year warranty. But because of all the trouble you've had by buying the remote control and bringing it back and stuff like that, it's the least we could do. And they gave me a new one. Oh, my gosh. And so to me, that is great service. Yeah. You know, each time I've been there, nothing is too much trouble 
and I find, you know, as someone who can get a little bit annoyed and a little bit tense, Cross. the calmness of these young people, mm. they're almost zen-like. And I, 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 I think it's... I, I wish I could bottle it. Yeah. Because there is no there is no store that does it quite like that. There, there, there are probably two things in that. One is that idea of care, you know, that idea of customer mm. care, where they genuinely want you to yeah. walk away happy and, mm. and it's not pretense. You, yeah. you really get the feeling that they really want that for you. Mm. Um, and also that no questions asked. Mm. You know, I mean, when you go to a retailer these days and you try and exchange a product that you've bought and you're a loyalty member, they still ask for a receipt. Mm. And often they won't change it if you don't have a receipt. And it's like, you serious? Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, is that what... So the next question is, in general, what do you think makes a great customer experience? I think uh, a business that actually cares about its customers, and it's easy to say that, but so many people... As someone who worked in London during the original dot-com boom... Yeah, me too. Every day you would open up the, the newspaper and there would be another three guys in a chambray shirt and chinos <laughs> who were leaving McKinsey's or Accenture or KPMG to go and you know make their millions in a startup. But their sole reason for doing it was to make money. Yeah. And I think that's not the reason that you do it. You know, mm. one of the things you know that you kind of learn from, I guess, the the growth of tech as a, as an industry or as as a sector is that you identify a problem and you create something to help solve it. So your focus is on the customer from day one. Mm. You know, they use that expression, the MVP, not the most uh, valued player, but the minimal <laughs> viable product. But the idea is that you then draw up that and you show it to some people and you do some research. Is there a need for it? Will it mm. solve your problem? So it's customer focused before it even becomes a product. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's what customer means to me. So why are brands, uh, why are some brands able to crack a great customer experience and others are not? Is it a culture thing? Is it a CEO-driven initiative? Where does it come from? Yeah, I think when you say culture and CEO, I think that they're almost connected mm. because you can't make culture. But one of the things about NYAB, which which kind of was, was, was kind of weird when I first came here because I'd not experienced this before, but it's actually something that, that I truly love about the place is it's, is it's very big on the values. It has six values. Um, and the number one value is clients drive our world. And that means that everything that we do is done with the client slash customer in mind. Mm. Um, and I think if you put the customer first and then you do everything for them, that's what makes the difference. So, as I said, for, for us, every every decision, everything we do is based on is it going to help or benefit or do stuff for our clients. Yeah. So, how so so that culture that's been created that and the customer centricity at the mm. centre of that. So, but who decides that? Who's decided that at MYOB? Is that decided at a founder level, or is that decided at a? Does everyone is is that something that? you recruit for mm. or is it inducted into you? Yeah, so I, it's, it's an interesting question. You say founder level. So this business is 25 years old. Yeah. But in essence, that makes it the, the original startup here in Australia in that it was a tech business that was started when everybody thought that ledgers and accounting stuff was done in books mm. or done in paper, kind of pre-Excel spreadsheets coming along. And they saw, I guess, the future, which is a different way of doing it where... You know, and, and our aim and our vision was to take away all that shit that gets in the way of running a business so you could focus on mm. building, running and growing a business, mm. looking after your customers. Um, and so 
I don't know how long the values have been a part of MYOB, but Tim, who's our CEO, who's been here, I think, 10, maybe 12 years. So he's he's transformed the MYOB as it used to be. You know, he's led that team and it's his vision. Mm. And he's brought the people in that have, that have, that have kind of made it. Um, I, I don't actually know the answer to, you know, like what came first, mm. but, but he is very much a part of the day-to-day he is someone you know he'll if, if he comes to the office as he regularly does he's based in sydney and he gives an update on performance or where we're going or how we're tracking without with our kind of client scores or whatever he knows most of the people you know he'll kind of go oh pip what do you think about this oh mm. sally what do you think about that yeah that's amazing and this is a business of 1500 people across multiple sites mm. but he's intimate not just with our clients, but with our people. Yeah. And he as well is very big on, I guess, um, where MYOB kind of fits within Australian society. So one of, one of my very first days here, uh, I, I went to a, a conference where he spoke about the, the contributions to the GDP of small business in Australia mm. and the percentage of contribution. And that our, our role at MYOB is to help those people operate more efficiently and more focused because if we help them then they help the GDP Mm. and that funds our roads and our schools and our economy Mm. Um, and that suddenly then puts a I guess a higher sense of purpose on on what we do. The government's certainly not helping small business. (laughs) No and so so things like when the government introduced the $20,000 write-off for instance Mm. you know that was a really big thing for us yeah and I think you know as a business now we're very keen you know how, how can we influence to ensure that that keeps going yes. to help our client base. Yeah, cool. That sounds great. All right, next question. So we at Brandhook believe in customer intimacy and we believe it's really the only competitive edge these days because, you know, there's lots of other things that people can emulate and copy and so on. But really to understand your customers really does give you a mm-hmm. business edge. How are you developing that intimacy with your customers? Mm. This is an interesting uh, business and I'm sure all tech companies are the same in that it's not like having a shop you know where people come and buy your products every day it's not like coca-cola where oh I feel a bit thirsty I'll go and buy a coke you buy it and that's it Mm. Um, but what makes our way that we do it is everything that we do is informed by the customers or the clients so we do you know like we have a sizable well, what's known as a UX research team, but I would imagine you could probably call it a CX research team in that they spend time, we have people come here and we go out there. Mm. We spend time with um, accountants, bookkeepers and business people uh, and we see and talk to them about how they use the product, mm. what what could we do to improve it, uh, is it actually giving them the benefits that we all think it should? Because if, you know, in years gone by, a lot of this stuff was we design it and it's gonna change your life. But unless we know about your life, how can we know whether or not it's going to change it? Mm. And so that you know that 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 growth of the the research team, I think, will really help to set us up for the future and help us get to know people better. So you're getting face to face. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. a, it's 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 a really big part of the I guess the, the what we call the engineering and experience team. So it's mm. not just about engineering; it's about the experience with the product we have as one of our kind of core uh, so we have our brand experience model here which I won't 
kind of go into. But one of the um, the pillars of that is in the know. Mm. And so the more that we know about our people, the better we can make the product. And then the product also gets to know the people so they get a better experience as well. Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, all right, what about measurement? Mm. Um, how are you actually measuring the intimacy and the success of being intimate? Yeah. So is it, people have talked about NPS. And, mm. um, Look, it's... it's, it's that's a tricky question for me because that's not really something that I'm super intimate with. But what I do know is that uh, we we constantly, uh, because of the fact that we constantly talk to, to customers, uh, it, it what we do is we measure NPS and, and kind of CSAT scores and all those type of things. But for me, I think the fact that we regularly check in with people to mm. see how they're going and then we evolve the product to deliver is probably where I would go. I'm hearing a lot of clients doing that, that they're having, they're getting information and then they're kind of dissecting that information internally and then and then going back to the customer and saying, I think this is what you ha- we heard from you, is that correct? Kind mm-hmm. of validating that. Mm-hmm. And then saying, well, what, do you, what if we did this for you? Is mm-hmm. that kind of huddles? Like They're almost like kind of team huddles yeah. happening around the business and then constantly kind of feeding that loop back to the customer. Yeah, and we've got kind of, you know, for us there's kind of different groups of customers that work in different ways. So we have the, I guess, the small to medium business, which would be, you know, like the bulk, you know, we've got bigger and smaller, but Mm. that would be the bulk of that. But then we've got somewhere in the region of like 40,000 accounting partners. Mm. We call them partners. And and a lot of their, so they work with our accounting software that helps to kind of run and manage their business. But at the same time, they recommend and, and run stuff for their clients as well. So the stuff that we learn from the accountants, which is, you know, what are your clients looking for and how would it make it easier for you to kind of recommend it or work with them? And then the stuff that we learn from the clients themselves. And then the software over time also learns from them as well. That yeah, right. That's the kind of like the, the, the big future for this category. Yeah, okay. Uh, last two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what technology or trend are you most excited about for your own customer experience? Yeah, we've uh, we, we've looked a lot over the last few years around you know what they will loosely term machine learning or artificial intelligence. It kind of uh, scares the hell out of me really because mm. I've got you know young children who are going out in the workforce and you know how, how will that impact their jobs? But the nature of our product, if, 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 if that stuff learns about you and your habits, then it makes it, makes it easier for you to, to use your product. If it notices you know, that you're constantly, I don't know, moving a transaction across from one account to another, and then it, through in-product messaging, it says, hey, we noticed that you've done that three times now. Did yeah. you know there's a shortcut that you Would can you do like that? Would you like us to yeah. set something up for you? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the key. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and also, you know, because we have a division, like one of our divisions here is around uh, loans and finance for small business. Yeah. And so if, uh, it, and so the, the, the better the product knows you, uh, it, it can help you kind of identify like dips in cash flow yeah and if you need some finance that helps you get through that if yeah. you go to the bank they'll want to you, you'll be filling paperwork for ages whereas through the product getting to know you a little better it yeah. will say okay we know that you know pip normally gets a payment that comes in on this day if we can kind of help her kind of hedge the with this bit 
and then it will kind of pay off at the end. And so that learning, yeah, I think is 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 really interesting. It has to be integrated into the the product, I think, though, or the service or whatever you're offering. It can't be like what I think most people are thinking they're going to use bots with is this interface between them and the customer, and almost a barrier. Like what I, what we've talked a lot about is we're seeing clients sort of use them use AI as a, another way of stopping a customer getting in contact with no. them. Like I've just I spent um, uh, I'm not joking two hours in the last four days on the phone to Optus because their product's not working. Mm. They tried to it took me you know the numbers it took me hours just to get through to the right department and then it obviously you know it was kind of a language thing I had to explain what was going on. And it wasn't until I said I'm cancelling my account that they said we'll send an engineer out mm. because apparently they don't send engineers out with a Wi-Fi issue. Mm. I was like, what are you talking about? That just doesn't even make sense. Mm. So, Especially when your business is all built on yes. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, and, and so you're, you're, you're right. The one thing that I don't like is using technology to remove people from the, the kind of the work place yeah. or the work experience. You know, for us it's about how can the product get to know you a little better so it can work a little better. I think a good example. I like that. Yeah, I think a good example would be when you use Google Maps on your phone mm. and it knows that you've driven to somewhere on the morning to Peninsula three times and so when you go to type it in, it comes up as a favorite or yeah. you know like popular destinations. Yeah. Or it, you know, it even knows that you it's time to get up and here's the train yeah. that you normally catch. You better yeah. get a move on. Mm. You know? And and so it's 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 getting to know you. That's that whole concept of artificial intelligence. Artificial makes it sound like not real, and then yeah. intelligence. It's kind of intelligence for me is a much higher thing. But it's it's more that it, that the the product gets to know you a little better. Well, we talk about something we talk about with brands is that you've got to create an intuitive bond with your customer, mm. and if you can use technology to create that intuitive bond where you're you know, preempting issues and solving problems. Someone described it to me recently. It's like being a parent. Mm. You know when you're about to see your child fall over and you yeah. run and catch them? Mm. That's what brands need to be doing to deliver that intuitive bond. Mm. You've got to be able to catch your customers before they fall over. Mm. And I think knowing that everybody else is probably working on the same thing in your category, Yeah, it's more important than ever to be focused. Yes. All right, last, super last question. I've had a lot of people change this question, so mm. I don't know if you're going to be one of those annoying people or mm -hmm. not. Um, if you had a magic wand, what would be the one thing that you would change currently in your customer experience? Uh, gee. Um, one of the things that I like about MYOB, uh, as someone who's sat on the phone to you know uh, large telcos a lot or electricity companies, is when you finally get off hold and you talk to someone, you've been sent to an offshore call center. And so you suddenly feel like you're not getting the personal experience mm. that I believe I should do as a customer. So MYB has quite a sizable kind of uh, help desk and call center group that's based in Australia. Mm. And we have another one in New Zealand as well for our New Zealand customers. Mm. I love that because it means when I ring up the people speak to me the way I like to be spoken to. Mm. Uh, and I think that's really important. What I would love is that eventually everything becomes so intuitive and so easy that there should be no reason to call them. Yeah. And then those people then become kind of classic customer care officers. They'll then kind of ring and see how you're going yeah. and kind of talk to you. Uh, they'll make contact with you and talk to you about other things that you could be doing become almost like little mini business advisors 
rather than people that are here because you've got a bit of a problem of how to kind of close out a transaction or how yeah. to kind of do stuff. It's back to that um, idea of preempting. Mm. Uh, if we can move to a, a world where we're helping people before they make a mistake or preempting something that you can see coming up for them that yeah. they may not have seen themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of value add or adding value, but I think it's actually as a concept, it's really quite strong. Mm. And so one of the things within you know our category, you take the accountant and the bookkeeper as an example, but we'll look at the accountant for today. So there's somebody who goes to university to learn how to become an accountant, and we all see the accountant as someone that can help us kind of do stuff. But the nature of, of, of accounting software is automating and doing a lot of that process for them. You know, so our big focus there is on how can we kind of help accountants become business advisors mm. more so than just accountants. And that's, I guess, for a lot of people in business, they're moving away from, I guess, pure kind of transactional work and selling advice and IP, which yeah. is a, which is a much better area to be in. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Thanks, Stan. That's okay. So nice to actually see you face to face, other than just twi- bantering on Twitter. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you, Stan. And we've got another great episode next week, so tune in. See ya. Bye.